Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, it feels like it's a special guest, but it's actually our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hello, James. Hello, Ian. Also with me is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Andy. Sorry. And completing the team, the dream team, some might say, is Echo reporter Neil Jones. Hi, Neil. Hello, the big four. They are the big four. We are the top four. Somewhere in a room, Christian Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, anyway, uh, moving on. James, you, like myself and Andrew, were at Anfield on Wednesday night to see Liverpool take on Sevilla. It was the return of the Champions League to the old stadium. What did you make of it all? In the end, it was a little bit of a, you mentioned in your report, a little bit of an anticlimax in the end. Yeah, it was. I mean, you, you kind of come away from Anfield last night scratching your head, thinking how on earth did Liverpool not win that game because they were the better team for so long um you know first half especially completely outclassed severe um you know you, you take away the obviously the horrendous mistake from Lovren and early on um you know I thought they responded really well to that went 2-1 up obviously should have had more um you know even when Firmino missed the penalty even then I, you know, I didn't get the feeling that it would come back to haunt them because they were that much on top um second half Intensity levels dropped a bit, but still, um, I, I wasn't particularly worried. And then um, the, the problem is, you know, chances kept going begging. And then you know, their second goal, actually, when I watched it back, actually annoyed me more than the first goal because you know, individual errors like that, like the first one, happen. You know, yes, Lovren makes far too many of them, but but they do happen. But the second one is just an absolute collective failure. Um, you know, I think there's seven or eight Liverpool players within 20 yards of that throw, and no one reacted. Muriel is able to feed Correa, um, who finishes in style. And you know, by the end, Liverpool were absolutely ragged. You know, they they could have lost, they could have lost that game in the end. And obviously, Gomez is sending off at the death. It was just like the the kind of rubbing salt into the wounds, really. And yeah, it was a, it was a draw that felt like a defeat. And is this the problem with Liverpool? It seems to me as though they can do all the fancy stuff quite well, but when it comes to the actual basics, they seem to be found wanting far too often. Like defend, just defending off a throwing. I mean, we were speaking in the office the other day. Sam Allardyce was on uh, Monday Night Football, and while we didn't, not everybody agreed on what he was actually saying. He did point out that some of the basics to get a team further up the league. One of them was taking advantage of throw-ins, just being switched on at them. It, it's a free throw, he says. Liverpool just weren't switched on for that second goal, were they? They weren't. I agree with, agree with Piercy. That was the more worrying goal of the two because uh, it, 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 that's something that sort of suggests something perhaps you know that fundamentally that needs to change rather than Dejan Lovren having his foot on the ground and not letting the ball go under it. I actually was frustrated by the game but not surprised by the game and I don't think, I think there's a large proportion of sports wouldn't have been surprised by the game in that um, and I did what the papers say for, for the Echo today, and, and this was reflected in most of the pieces in the, in the national press, which was that you know, Liverpool are an intoxicating sight going forward, but um, if you can stem that tide um, and sort of test their metal, if you like, then there at times is a, is a soft underbelly. Uh, we've seen that. The, the issue is what I saw from some supporters on, on, on social media last night, which is you know a, a good sounding board in terms of the support. Was it felt like some people were coming to the end of their tethers with Klopp in terms of him not buying a defender or um, not not being able to set up a defence properly. And I think that's an overreaction. Jurgen Klopp's one of the best football managers in the world, and anyone who thinks he can't see that there are problems there. Uh, 
I think, is is wider the mark. But how he's going to solve them, I assume, is something he's got a plan for. And that plan may well, I expect, not involve all the current personnel. Mm. That's what I would think. We'll probably come back to that in a minute, Andy, because I know you were mentioning this uh, earlier in the office. But, Neil, two things. A, were you intoxicated watching from afar, watching Liverpool? And B, do you feel as though Sevilla probably aren't getting enough credit? Yeah, yes, they're both. First half, first half, I mean, uh, Christian Walsh uh, was at the ground and I, I was reading his tweets and it looked like he needed to have a lie down at half time. <laughs> he, he seems to have just completely been overwhelmed by the whole the whole well, he, he, did, he did a half marathon on Sunday so well, yeah, maybe that had something yeah. to do with it but it, it was it was some half of football the first the first half both you know both from a a, a comedic sense with the first goal which wasn't just Asian Lovren by the way it was all it was you know it was Joe Gomez it was Emre Chan it was Moreno I mean at the back post what he was doing Assuming assuming Lovren would would have his foot in the ground, but, but it's, not, it's not a terrible assumption. I don't think that Moreno made. I mean, it was picked, no, it was picked yeah. out on the TV that you know, okay, he's let the man go goal side, but I can understand why he's that because he thinks that passing lane is blocked off by Lovren, so he's gone one yeah. out in case it gets pulled back one further. So yeah. you can understand why he did it. I know that it was costly. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think I think you know your, your teammates, and I think, <laughs> I think if that's so how, everybody was stood behind Moreno. Well, <laughs> well, exactly, you know, I think, but I, I do think that's a that's a thing. You can't Liverpool are the type of team that can assume everything will go to plan. That we'll just we'll just leave the the villain in the in the darkened room on the on the unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism and hope that he just drowns. That's what <laughs> the, the, the sort of the Bond film. You, you know he's going to escape. You know when as soon as he turns the back. He'll be out of the handcuffs and he'll be away down the road because that's that's what Liverpool are like. They don't they don't put things to bed when they should. And I agree with the, the lads for the, the second goal. It's it's pathetic, isn't it? The second goal, you know, it's an assist to the severe bench. Mm. That that is that's how that's come about because they're small switched on in Liverpool's midfield. I mean, that that says it all, really, doesn't it? And it's got a little bit lucky with the touch, didn't he? But yeah, deserved. Deserved a bit yeah, lucky. He made the run out. We got lucky with and the Salah yeah. goal as and well. Look, yeah, exactly. Very lucky with the Salah goal. And you look at like all the debate over Mignolet and Carriers. There shouldn't be a debate about Mignolet and Carriers because they don't have anything to do. Well, he's not had, any, he's not not had anything to do. He yeah, couldn't exactly. have saved either of those two. No, exactly. But that's what we're saying. So this debate is almost it's almost just noise, isn't it, about Mignolet and Carriers because it should be. The, the Liverpool goalkeeper should be sitting there reading the echo in, in a six-yard box oh, for the most part. I'll get Christian to write a piece on this next time. Well, we see him, but the keepers he was, need to be reading the echo. No, the, uh, <laughs> everyone should be reading the echo. He was, he was, More people should he be reading thrust, the echo. He was thrusting his screen at me in the press conference last night. He was showing, doing what, sorry? Thrusting his oh, right. screen. Uh, and it was about um, expected goals and, and uh, against no, this. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, in terms yeah, of the, the, the chances, the number of chances and the quality of the chances... and. The chances Liverpool created were, were incredible, but uh, I think, and I don't want to misquote, but I think there's, you know, obviously the the number of goals that are scored against Liverpool compared to chances created is is incredible, and that, that that's to reflect on your piece. But you mentioned the goalkeepers there, yeah. uh, so these th- there's a high proportion of goals being scored against Liverpool compared to chances created. I think, and I say we'll we'll try and get Christian to turn that into a little piece. I think it's more it's more the quality of the chances. It's, it's that, that's what expected goals is about how likely a goal is from a certain chance. Yeah. So I think Liverpool can see a lot of chances in between the posts inside the penalty area because of, and usually because of crosses or individual errors and yeah. that's that's why they're being punished. They don't 
you know, you don't. I can't think of too many times Liverpool have been absolutely opened up and, and a player's run through from the halfway line and slotted a, a, a chance, or a, he's, he's battered one in from 35 yards that you just can't. You say, well, what can you do about it? They all seem to be four Liverpool players on the floor, stood round looking while the goalkeeper's one on, you know, basically a one in a million chance of saving a shot. That, Is that to do with the formation that they play though? They got the three midfield, but hardly any of them are normally just you know defensive midfielders. Yeah, you know, defending it's the players they play, covering, maybe not covering. The formation. Maybe it's the players that they play in there because they don't. You can't imagine. You can't imagine if Liverpool played that formation with different players. I mean, we could say Matic or a Kante or a player of that ilk. You can't imagine that they'd be quite that open with, with the same the same formation but different players. Well, they did it with Lucas, didn't they, last season? And, and yeah. they, they got themselves over the line with those clean sheets. I mean, Andy, you were on uh, Brayton's duty, speaking of the midfielders, and you picked out uh, Ginny Wijnaldum as one of the best players. You gave him an 8 out of 10, which I know we mentioned before about social media being a barometer of, you know, a good barometer of what fans think. There was a lot of fans who wondered why you gave him that. And even yeah. in your rating, you did say that it's almost like there are two Ginny Wijnaldums. Yeah, the, well, there's no doubt about it. There definitely is two. Um, uh, <laughs> the prestige. Uh, yeah. Someone replied last night, like the prestige. Yeah, the, um, I mean, first half in particular, particular I thought Wijnaldum was outstanding last night. Um, there, were, there, were, there were some very, very good performances from Liverpool players on the pitch last night. And they couldn't quite sustain it through 90 minutes, which was an interesting. They almost blew themselves out. And halfway through the second half, just before the equaliser, uh, I put on our match blog. You know that um, if 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 Liverpool lose the lead here, I think they're going to find it difficult to lift themselves again. And, and sure enough, they did. And um, but in the first half, Wijnaldum was part of a, a generally superb performance from Liverpool. They should have had the game wrapped up. Uh, you know, they they won a penalty twice in the same move. And um, and Firmino needs to put that away. And at three-one, the game's probably gone for for Sevilla. Sevilla, or somebody told me Sevilla are rubbish or something like this on 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 social media last night. And you know, I just you just have, you're talking they're, absolute they're, nonsense. This they've is won team, three of the last four Europa leagues. They've they're won in the five and they've got seven points out of nine in the league so far. Yeah. yeah, they finished fourth last year. You can they, tell they're a, they're a classy side. Yeah, but that I'm very impressed by Correa. The mm. uh, lad who scored the equaliser, and I think he was involved in the first goal as well. And yeah, he, um, he he's got a classy touch, but and Liverpool went behind to a classy team, and then responded magnificently, really, to take the lead and could have scored more. And there was Mane was in, in excellent form. Salah played superbly as well, uh, and I thought Wijnaldum among the midfield uh, stood out. Henderson and Chan, especially by the second half, I thought really struggled. Um, Henderson kept trying to get in and nick in and get balls, and they were just a little bit too sharp for him, and they were playing round him. And uh, I thought he looked a bit leggy. And well, don't forget he did. He was out for a very long time, yeah. and he's only just this. Was it five or six games in now? Yeah, I mean, he's, I'm not. I'm not saying this is a, a fundamental. I know some people would argue that that, that Jordan Henderson, you know, isn't quite good enough to be. Absolute Liverpool centre mid, um, but I thought Henderson did struggle last night, and Chan had one of his um, poorer games, uh, which we haven't seen a lot of recently. Um, he has, he has, you know, he has looked an improved player generally, but he, but he struggled. I mean, do you 
we were going to mention Emre Chan anyway, James. Do you feel as though he might have been carrying an injury? Because it, it seems as though he just couldn't even run around for some of the time. That's, that's no, that's, no, that's I, not a criticism. It genuinely no. looks like he, if you compare so, his performances to, to recent ones. Sometimes when he's bad, though, he looks like. I think sometimes he can look quite laboured and like he's ambling around. The you know, I just I just think he had one of those nights where pretty much everything went wrong for him, and it was it was that bizarre moment in the, the in the early on in the build up to their first goal where he seems to just let waited and waited for the ball to come to him when he could have just gone mm. gone to it and collected it and you know and that was the kind of first in the host of errors that led to their opening goal um yeah it was, I thought he was a real big disappointment even even when Liverpool were playing well he he wasn't he didn't you know he wasn't he wasn't part of that in the first hour or so um and then it was no surprise that you know, he was the one to get hooked in the in the second half and yeah that was it was frustrating really because obviously I think you know he was that good against Hoffenheim that you, you kind of thought, you know, this is going to be, you know, the perfect stage for him in the Champions League this season to, you know, to really show, to show his qualities. But yeah, it just, it just didn't, didn't happen for Emre Chan last night. Dorian, just just to mention when you mentioned Chan, if you remember that superb move. When well, I was about were... to mention that. Yeah. Oh, go on. Then. I mentioned it's a Neil actually saying there was that. <laughs> well, now, now you see if it's you're not coming <laughs> on this. I'll come, come back to you in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to mention Neil, obviously. Um, as and in fact, you know, Andy, you can you can mention oh, it to oh, me. Oh, I mean, that, that would have been an unbelievable goal. Yeah, yeah, so it mean, would have been one of the great start, goals. Started in yeah. our own corner flag. Like Matic won it back. Matic yeah, yeah. the line. Joe Gomez, I think, might have been involved. Some says can't quite remember. But they, they they hugged the touchline and then brought it through. And Chan does brilliantly to be to be up with that. Well, move. he did he did that twice against Hoffenheim, didn't he? Yeah. So I mean, he was covering ground in to to knock down your previous point. And, um, well, he, uh, that, that James agreed with me. About. <laughs> no, but I mean, at that point, he's he's gone pretty much the length of the field, and is there to basically side side foot the finish that should put Liverpool back in the lead two one. That would have made it, wouldn't it? And he just misses the post. It would have been a superb goal and you know, brilliant football. A goal we'd be watching for years to come. And we saw that with the. Uh, but the goal against Hoffenheim, when he turned up at the back post to finish an unbelievable team move, how did Mo Salah get goal of the yeah, month? By not the way, Liverpool's goal of the month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is not unbelievable. I think we know why this is. Well, it's because there's so many Egyptian followers, and they're quite fanatical when it comes to supporting yeah. the major well, players have around to have the world. His own yeah. Mo Salah category then, yeah. and then everyone else has theirs. But um, so, and all to say is that that's another chance where Liverpool could have scored again, and and this is why I'm sort of against quite a bit of the doom and gloom that seems to be around today. For me, for large parts of the game, Liverpool were excellent. I appreciate the need for them to improve. I thought that in, at some of the defending and certainly some of the midfield play, but at times it, it was fantastic. And another day we'd be outside, but as Klopp said afterwards in the press conference, you were in and I was in, you know, we have to take our chances and stop conceding easy goals. And uh, It's easy to say it, that needs to happen on the pitch. Neil, Andy mentioned or hinted at before that he thought Liverpool started to look a bit tired during the second half. One player in particular who did look very tired was, was Sadio Mane. I mean, it was, it was interesting because obviously he had his afternoon's work cut short on Saturday, yeah. but was it more a reflection of how much effort he'd put into that first half? Yeah, possibly, and the international break as well, just mm. gone. You know, the travelling and, and, and playing for Senegal. He, he was brilliant first half, wasn't he? he, he he's just... He is... A really, really, really good player. He, he's he's what I didn't think he was in terms of he's not just about speed. He's also got got decision making and and consistent threat. Um, and he scores goals. 
as well. I mean, I think that's it's a four each for him, for me now and, and Salah. Yeah, is it now? So I mean that that's nice to to see. I think Salah. On another note, I think I think you're looking at twenty goals for Salah this season. Mm. Just just on the amount of positions he gets himself in to score goals, he's probably not the best finisher, but you'll just collect them because he's always he always seems to be there to to get tap ins or or whatever. And if you get deflections like he got last night, but yeah, Mane look Mane look tired. I think it's it's it, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because Liverpool fans scream about game management and game management and, 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 and seeing it out, and then you see Mane going off, and they think, "What are you doing, taking Mane off?" Like, that's that's part of what game management is. It's that you you sort of you solidify it. I just don't think Liverpool did it last night. They didn't they didn't control the game. They never control the game really. You know, they, even even at times against Arsenal, they were a two 0 first fifteen minutes of the second half. They were a bit ragged. And they, they could they conceded then you never know. I think Lacazette missed this one to mm-hmm. the the Annie Road and they just don't control games. They don't they don't make it easy for themselves because I don't think they trust themselves on the ball to, to just to just pass it. They only seem to trust themselves when it's lightning going forward. Now it's interesting you say that because we had uh, Joe Rimmer was in the last pod and he mentioned that Liverpool are a team the way they're set up they can never really control games, whether that's yeah. to do with the formation or to do with the players who are in, in the team. But James Jurgen Klopp after the game he was insistent saying Andy me and Andy were listening to what he was saying that Liverpool had controlled the second half certainly up until they scored Sevilla scored I mean, would you would you agree with that because definitely the second half had a different vibe to the first half yeah I would actually I I, I thought they reined it in a little bit second half and you know I, I I did feel they were in control I think I think it's just that you know you know horrendous lapse in concentration that's that's cost them um, you know, Sevilla didn't look like scoring before that. Um, so yeah, I can understand where Klopp's coming from there. But yeah, it, that you know, that's that's the frustration because Andy's right that you know I think some of the doom and gloom today in the aftermath of that probably has been over the top. But it's only because probably you know seeing Liverpool play that well for so long and not winning, you know, it does you know it's bound to hurt supporters because you just think what a waste because. You know what a chance that was to put down a real marker in the group. Um, you know to to go to Moscow on the back of beating Sevilla, um, and then have the the double header against Maribor. You know Liverpool could have almost had qualification in in the bag by kind of November, but um, you know no no real harm done in terms of the qualification. I don't think you know with the with the other game being drawn, you know one of Liverpool's two hardest games in the group out of the way. But you know, everyone went away knowing it, it should have been a lot more. Andy, do you not think a marker has been put down though? Because if you're a fan of, if you're a player of Spartak or Maribor, you'll have seen the highlights in that game and thought, "Blimey, Liverpool should be miles ahead." Missed the penalty; it could have been even more. So they won't fancy playing Liverpool on the evidence of that game, will they? Well, I, I mean, we may well talk about Mr. Keane, uh, uh, maybe Mr. Haman later on, but um, I don't think whatever you think about Liverpool's frailties, and we've discussed them regularly on this pod uh, and in and, and in the Echo website and in the paper the no even the very top sides will know that in i think someone mentioned around yesterday in half an hour liverpool can can knock you out of a game um maybe in even less than that and that can happen to the very best side in the world and people will might scoff at me but if you look at maybe real madrid and psg perhaps are setting the standard at the moment there's a there's a Liverpool performance then in half an hour that can knock them out. Now, there is also a Liverpool performance in fifteen minutes that can say half a minute that, 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 that can see 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 the opposite 
and this is this is why we have we have these debates and this is why this team is so infuriating at times and frustrating but you talk about I want to come back on control of the game and mm. I think maybe our, our traditional control of the game may need a, a little bit of reassessing in terms of the way this cop team plays our, our normal sense of control of the game is having the ball pass, you know control and possession of the ball essentially and keeping the ball and that, that's the safest position to be in football it's very difficult for I think to see that in this cop team. I think when he refers to control, I think you're looking at what what chances were actually created by Sevilla in terms of threatening Loris Carriers' goal last night. And and while Sevilla had had ball at times and the ball was you know switching between the two teams, there was there was control in the sense that they weren't creating any any real chances. And um but I just, I just think I thought Liverpool got a little bit tired. And that was strange. It's well, not, it's not what you associate. Well, with when me. the goal went in, Doyle definitely said it, and Joe Rimmer definitely said it. It had been coming. Both yeah, of them, both yeah, of them said it had been coming. So that suggested they weren't in control of the game. That suggested they were lo- at least losing control of the game. I, I thought, I thought they were. I thought they, they lost their attacking impetus. Yeah, they, they weren't creating chances themselves. Yeah, not the main I thing. can't think of too many in the second half. To no. be honest, I think. Why Alden have one perhaps where he, he not make someone and if Hilvina didn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Chan, wasn't it? it was Sorry, that was Chan. Yeah, but there wasn't a lot of sort of. I suppose the control element is, is can Liverpool make it when a game where nothing happens a half and I don't think they can. Can they? I don't think they can sort of say there's twenty minutes left. Let's just concede some fouls, put put some balls in the corner, annoy them, frustrate them, see if they get a man sent off and and. That, I think Liverpool are more likely to go the other way. Well, this was the annoying thing, because I mentioned before, that's what they did towards the end of last season. I know they were only playing the likes of Stoke, Watford, West Brom, but they managed to get through these games where traditionally they've struggled by doing those kind of things, the ugly things, but they don't have Lucas there. He's the obvious example of somebody who can help close down a game and yeah, give away right, those silly fouls. They've got a first choice right back. They've got a first choice right back. They've got a new left back, technically. Yeah. So there's all... And a new goalkeeper. You goal thought keeper. Milner had played, you? You thought Milner had started... Yeah, I was Last convinced. I thought he would play wherever, wherever he would play, and whether whether it be in midfield or whether it would be at left back. I was surprised to see him not even that, get get on. And that sort of experienced head could have helped. But what I would say, I think Alberto Moreno had a very good game, and um, I think I gave him seven ratings. And the um, he you couldn't argue with his performance. He put one superb cross. I mean, he set up the goal. Mm. Yeah. Put a superb cross across the six yard box. Um, and he was the, involved in the penalty as well, wasn't he? Yeah, and and you, know, you can argue about his position on the on on the on the goal, the first goal as Jonesy added, and maybe I suspect he was on the scene in the second one he as was, well. Yeah, he was. He got in between him, and, but it, it, it was, it was he, tough he was, to see whose man he was, if you know what I mean. But no, he'd come that. No. Well, he's gonna say in this, this, the second goal, he'd come that far across. He was basically playing the centre back, yeah. you know, the other centre. But he, one he, of them got misses. It's interesting we talk about the So I think he had a generally very good game. Joe Gomez had a very yeah, good Gomez game mostly, game, yeah. but almost cost uh, Liverpool the win by getting the wrong side of the the, the striker yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who came on, and then got himself sent off, and which, you know, wasn't brilliant. That's, so it's and they that sums up Liverpool, isn't it? You have a really good game, but you have these two moments that actually, um, and you look at Lovren did a lot. I give Lovren five, and and I haven't looked at my social media uh, <laughs> response to that. And I, and I, but okay, I I'll, give you, I'll give you a question then. If take away him, obviously giving away the mistake for that goal, what mark would you have given Lovren? 
Um, a six, probably. I, you know, you, t- you take... I, I, he won nearly all his headers, mm. uh, and they were playing quite a few balls into Vigneto, was it, the guy who got the goal. And he, he won a lot of battles. He did a terrible pass towards Moreno on, in front of the Kenny Dugley stand, which went straight out. And, and the whole crowd he sort of was on very but, dodgy head towards the end as well yes that's right straight, straight, into, back straight into central midfield yeah. yeah but he did there was one very dangerous free kick put, put in that, that he was the tallest up to get and, and this is what you want your centre half to be mm. doing so I thought he did quite a lot of okay things in the game what you expect from now and had a terrible moment and the, the, those those are hard to rate and you know I wouldn't argue against anyone who says oh Lovren should have been a three for that terrible mistake or whatever blah 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 I mean, in my opinion, he did enough good things to, to uh, and then have Rick. So, yeah, it might have been a generous five, but it, as Piercy said earlier, the problem with Lovren is it happens too mm. too often, isn't it? And so you're getting that level of performance, that level of human error, too much, and that's why people want to see a change. Now, it was really interesting in the press conference afterwards when no one mentioned the word. Virgil van Dijk and Jurgen Klopp didn't mention the word Virgil van Dijk but he was in the room it was, it was incredible <laughs> did you feel his presence that's, that's, not, that's not an echo exclusion but he was, he was, um, that would be the like, next step yeah, the next know, step in yeah. Virgil's bid to come to Liverpool he's now starting to port that game yeah. in the press <laughs> doing a bit for Radio Merseyside yeah. you know, he's not playing is he the manager was asked about you know is this concentration with defence or whatever and he started talking about um, about the issue and went through, I've got to see the goals, everything else. But he said, one person would not solve this. And he said, people are talking about defence. And, and he was saying, if you think it was a, don't you think it was a case of one person who would have solved this? We'd have just taken all our money and made it happen. So for- and so uh, I think that's an indication of, you know, Virgil van Dijk, should Liverpool ever sign him? We'll be perfectly capable of making a mistake because we all are, and and will make a mistake. And I think he was part of a four 0 defeat, was in his comeback for Southampton. So uh, general reports where he's struggling. He hasn't been out, hasn't been playing football after being out for so long. So um, even if Liverpool had signed Virgil Van Dijk in the transfer window, um, he'd be nowhere near the near no, the. No, 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 what is the most important area that Liverpool need to strengthen this summer? Probably would have said centre half. Yeah, yeah. And the fact and the fact that we've now got to this point, obviously beyond the window, and they didn't strengthen that. You know, it's not it's not just hindsight, is it? You know, we we've, we've written yeah. it dozens of yeah. times. Yeah, and and if, you, if you count up in a year's time, how many times Virgil Van Dijk's air kicked in his own six-yard box and Dejan Lovren? I imagine. Oh, take any year from the last five. I imagine yeah. Dejan Lovren wins that that um, yeah. particular so battle. Do you feel? Do you feel as though Klopp is perhaps some way getting himself dizzy with what he's saying? Because I think last season he was saying something about we're defending well, but it's individual mistakes that's costing us. So if you make an individual mistake, you change the individuals. <laughs> and yet last night you say one individual coming in isn't going to make any difference to the way we're defending. So therefore, it's the way that they're defending as a team is the problem. Which means that he either changes the whole team or he changes the way that they're defended. You said the football manager might have contradicted himself. I, I am saying that. What I'm saying then is that if they, is, can't sign anybody, they can't sign anybody now, transfer window shut. So is, what are they going to do? Okay. Well, let me go back and say, what's the alternative to what you said last night, Ian? This alternative is he hangs Dejan Lovren out to dry, isn't it? Well, he's never going to no, do that. No, he, yeah, wasn't, no, he wasn't asked to write no, him specifically, though, was no, he? He wasn't, but come on. He brought Emre, didn't he? He. he, he 
Yeah, she had the blame around. Yeah, in fact, he, that's, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, actually, that's a good point. Chan, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I think there's probably a reason for that, and that's because probably because he was fed up. Chan, Chan's, Chan, Chan's not, not. Chan can handle it. Chan is the opposite end of the yeah. spectrum. Isn't also, he? Chan's not signed a contract. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think. So what was Klopp to do? Was he to say, yeah, individual errors, and everyone knows he's talking about Lover and everything else. So he's he's almost had to. And Klopp has admitted that he lies in press conferences because he because now a manager lies as well. Yeah, exactly. No, because he said the other day, he's like, I, I you know, I don't, I don't like not to be able to tell the truth to you. I think it was about the Coutinho issue or whatever. Um, though sometimes I have to, and that's obviously when he has to be a little bit sparing with the truth in terms of overall for the good of the player and the club so um, I suspect that he will whatever he said last night he'll have his own views on exactly what was going on defensively and um, you know Lovren wasn't on the scene on Saturday and we we lost 5-0 at Mm -hmm. City albeit with 10 men I know but um, but then that's the other thing Clavan shouldn't be third choice centre yeah and then the big issue is is why they didn't yeah, but he probably thought go, they probably thought baseball. Gomez could be a centre back, but now he's playing right back because Klein's injured and Trent's obviously slightly off form even, afterwards. Even, yeah, even, even if Klein had been yeah. fit though, and you, you'd had Gomez as the fourth centre back, which is initially what Klopp reasoning was, I think. And even that would have been a massive gamble. When you know how how much senior footballers Joe Gomez played yeah. as a centre back. Yeah, Joe Gomez starting. You could theoretically have had a situation on Saturday, a month into the season, where you've got. Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back and Joe Gomez at centre back a month into the season at Manchester City away. It's just they're the sort of lineups. That's the lineup that Liverpool picked on Saturday. Is the sort of lineup you pick in the middle of an injury crisis in January when you've got four games in a month and you go, wow, we're just losing bodies here. We've got to play. We've got to throw our back fours now. Moreno, Alexander-Arnold's going to have to fill in and Clavan's going to have to come in. And it was that was a month into the season, four games. Away a title rival and Liverpool had that defence. So that's I, the other I think thing with Lovren. The biggest indictment. Yeah, that's the other thing with Lovren. Isn't it? the amount of you know the fact he didn't play at Man City? Yeah. You know, you, you know. I think I, I saw Klopp. Yeah, yeah, Klopp said he'd, he'd come back tired from the international yeah. break. You're like, surely you come back from the international break with a massive game on the horizon. And if your manager asks you whether you're tired, say no. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely. I would, imagine, I would imagine he probably did say, yeah, I would like to play. I don't think he'd actually said, oh, I am tired. Oh, God knows what he was doing in that training session on the Friday. Having a kick in the corner. The the <laughs> One final thing on the defender, Neil. Both Joe Matip and Loris Karius have been interviewed after the game. And they both said, we don't know what's gone wrong. We don't know what's happened in the defending. And I know that players won't often turn around and say, yeah, it's all Dejan's fault or whatever. <laughs> but is that slightly worrying that they've both, they've both said, oh, I don't know what's going on here? Well, not yet. It, it's, no, not really, because footballers aren't, that's not their job, is it? Footballers to, to find deeper root problems. Loris Carriage was probably concentrating on himself last night and thinking, Champions League debut for Liverpool, or, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about X's positional play in the build-up to this chance or whatever. Um, I just think they're right, aren't they? How many, you know, how many games, how many podcasts have we done in the last <laughs> eighteen months where we've said, "Oh God, you know that front three were electric, weren't they?" And then whoever, Lovren, whether it was Matip, whether it was Moreno, whether it was Klein, Gomez, whoever, they've just they've thrown one in for for us and. 
that's just that's just it. And you can look at it unless you unless you watch every training session and know exactly what they work on and exactly what they're told. You can't really know whether it's a a, a plan that's gone wrong or whether it's just players who aren't very good. James, do you feel or do you agree with Roy Keane who said that he feels as though Liverpool's Champions League, their main rivals, will be having a laugh if they no. get drawn against Liverpool no, later no, in the round? Just a, a ridiculous overreaction to a couple of sloppy goals. I think as Andy Roy said, Keane's just walking in now. Do you want to turn to his uh, face? Yeah, good one on one with him. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really. <laughs> the, uh, no, as Andy said earlier on, when when Liverpool can be absolutely breathtaking, and they were at times. Last night, the, the, and that that made the fact they didn't win all the more galling. And you know, it wasn't that long ago, absolutely destroyed Arsenal. And you know, but for that last minute equaliser at Watford, it would have been a perfect start to the season. So, no, all of that good work hasn't suddenly gone to waste. I think you know, I still fancy Liverpool to get through the group, and I still think that if if Klopp can 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 sort things out defensively, that that they could do some serious damage in the Champions League and. Maybe they'll be pinning the Keane's comments on the wall. Andy Dietmar Hermann, you mentioned it before, he's also been there saying some stuff. Do you think he may have an ulterior motive for his criticism of Jurgen Klopp? Um, I don't know about that, but uh, I do think there's been a you know a, a general um, overreaction from pundits uh, and everything else to, to to what we saw. And I, th- I think it. I can understand why it's because, as, as Piercy was saying earlier, the the faults that we're seeing were. Highly advertised, and and therefore, and it, it's it's unlike Klopp really, because generally, um, and I think there's a little bit about the Alex Oxley Chamberlain signing in that he tends to be very systematic and specific about addressing issues, doesn't he? In terms of okay, like, uh, and this is is sort of how FSG do it as well in terms of analysing what's needed. Player, okay, who are the five best attacking left backs in the country, and go down the list and see who you get, and then you buy him. That's what happened with Robertson, isn't it? Uh, and whereas Oxley Chamberlain, for instance, I think is almost feels like a Dolly Mixture player. And, you know, where's he going to go? I just don't, yeah. don't know it. I don't quite see what's yeah, what's yeah, 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 yeah. I, do, I do like a Dolly Mixture. This is this is my problem with with that signing. And again, then therefore, Klopp clearly will have seen the weakness at centre back. And obviously, they spent all summer trying to trying to secure Virgil van Dijk. And what we don't necessarily know in this room um, was what is where that situation currently rests, and how much was put into possibly fight. It could be that Plan B for no, we're not getting Virgil van Dijk is someone who might be more available in. January when his team might be out of Europe or whatever. Now I'm not referring to any specific player there, by the way. Um, and what I'm suggesting is that he's he's a very intelligent man who surely knows there's a problem and has money to spend. So why didn't he spend it? There must be some reason, and the reason must be that he has a player, whether that's Virgil Van Dijk or the one next on the list that he believes he can still get fairly soon. I mean. Yeah, I agree. I, I still, I still think there's a case to be made that Liverpool probably needed two centre backs, even with Virgil Van Dijk. I could have signed Plan E F G, who was needed anyway. You know, he, he was sort of, he still needed to be the fourth choice, the third choice. You know, you, you look at you look at the amount of money that was spent on centre backs this summer. It, it wasn't 
It wasn't as crazy as people were saying it was going to be, was it? It, it, it was more full-backs that, that seemed mm-hmm. to go ahead. And Liverpool, I think, could have got themselves a player that didn't affect their ability to get Virgil van Dijk. They could have got another signing over the, over the line. Whether, whether it was one the fans would have got excited about doesn't really matter because that's, it's, it's the, the idea of they needed to find someone better than Rag McLavan. Basically, and there are, there are a couple of those out there, most definitely. Okay, one final question then before we move on to Burnley. Uh, it's basically a simple one. Neil, I'll start with you. It's yes or no. Given Liverpool's current personnel, can they maintain the way that they're playing going forward at the risk of while staying out the out the back? Can they afford to do that? Yeah, they've got they've got to. They've, they've basically got to say they've got to go hell for leather and say we don't care. We'll take the take the defensive equation out of it. We're going to score four every game. That's just the way they've got to approach every game because. More often than not, they're going to have to. Same question to you, James? Yeah, same answer. I think you only have to look at the two severe goals. Neither of those were because Liverpool had overcommitted players forward and were and were caught out numerically. They were, it was just rank amateur you know, defending and, and lapses in concentration. Andy, do you agree we're only weeks away from the first 5-5 of the season now? <laughs> um, it won't be on my cup in 5-5, to be fair. But I have a slightly different view. I think there are games where Liverpool will have to uh, revert slightly more to what we saw at the end of last season, perhaps, and maybe just show, in particular, one word, patience. And I think that's a perfect way to go into Burnley, actually, because I think Burnley is probably one game on Saturday where um, the sort of football we've been seeing generally so far is 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 unlikely uh, to be on the agenda. One, because there'll be no Mane, uh, who's so fundamental to that, the way they play and two, because Burnley will not let Liverpool play that way. James, speaking of Burnley, or as they say, they're Burnley. Um, do you see Philippe Coutinho starting the game with Sadio Mane unavailable? Yes, yeah, I think so. I think um, I think it was it was just about perfect, given him what was it, probably twenty minutes, including the stoppage time last night. Um, I think he'd have felt a hell of a lot better about himself today as well, even though he didn't really affect the game when he came on. I think. He probably would have been stuck, stood on that touchline, wondering what kind of reception he was going to get. Um, and you know, the fact it was it was applause ringing in his ears, I think, would have meant a, a great deal to him and been, been a massive relief as well. Um, you know, I think it showed that you know what everything that's gone on this summer will be forgiven if if not forgotten. Um, so yeah, you know, a big day for Coutinho on on Saturday, and yeah, I'd, I'd I'd fully expect him to to start. I'd imagine he'll probably. You know, you'd, you'd imagine he'll play on the, you know, the the left of the front three as a, as opposed to to one of the, the kind of the, the advanced central midfield role where we uh, where we where we saw him towards the back end of last season. Andy, can you see a lot of changes for for Saturday's game? I mean, the bench was quite strong on, on Wednesday. I mean, has to be said. Yeah, you could you could see changes, um, and you know we'll have to see how everyone comes out of the game and all those things. But um, this is going to be a different test, and not having money. Um, will need a reshuffle. I was really, I was quite disappointed in Coutinho last night for the for those twenty minutes. I thought he did absolutely nothing. And would you go as so far to say as though he was trying to sabotage Liverpool's efforts? I only say this because <laughs> I only what? say well, this. Uh, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying this because there's one major uh, fan club account who was saying that Coutinho was deliberately overhitting his corners to ensure that Liverpool couldn't score from them. Well, I don't, I don't know who what? that was, but they want to look at themselves. Um, if you wanted to do that, just pass it out. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I certainly don't agree with it. I mean, I didn't. I did think he was 
he looked a bit miserable when he came on, if I'm honest. Um, and I thought that showed in his play. Didn't have any of the sparkle or when you saw what he did. He's played very little football uh, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he played seven. I, I know He probably you know, was nervous. And James is right. He probably yeah. had no idea what it was going to. He didn't know what to expect when he was getting walked out, no, walking that, out onto yeah. the pitch. I'll take that. Give him that. Yeah, I'll give him that thing. But we've seen. In, in terms of what we've seen from from coming on from Brazil, you know he looks in sparkling form, and uh, I actually expected him to come on and have a real impact, especially as you say in terms of the reception he got from from Anfield. Which, when it comes down to it, you could very easily argue he doesn't deserve. You mm-hmm. know that was football fans putting aside what they really think. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the good of the club and for the and good of the game that they were playing at that time. Yeah. Exactly, and they understand that you know the reason they wanted to keep. The continue was through that he produces good things on the pitch. The best way of doing that is to support him, and so that was you know Anfield's not daft enough not to do that and responded perfectly. But I didn't think they got very much out of Coutinho. Take Piercy's point that you know he 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 would have been nervous and possibly you know he's a bit um, on match fit totally. But uh, if he does play on Saturday, we need to see a lot more from him. And um, yeah, it's a perfect chance for him because it's the sort of game. If you think Per and Lee are going to sit deep and everything else, goes back to the, to a certain extent that horrendous game at the start of last season, wasn't he? When Coutinho was raining shots over the bar. <laughs> yes. at, um, that was just from the kick Well, I stuttered to start on. on, on well, I was, was going to come to you and say. Could do that. Can you put Firmino on the left? Yeah, uh, two uh, things. Sturridge. And mid-tier. this could be a time for Salah to shine. Not that yeah. I'm saying he's not shine, but yeah, he's John. kind of. Sean even, yeah, that's good, good English. <laughs> I speak proper, me. Good English. Um, because he's kind of, once he's he's been overshadowed a little bit by Mane starting the season, and to some extent the Coutinho, you know, all, all what's happened there as well. Because yeah. he's basically, he's a, the club record sign is coming, he's not really had a massive amount of pressure on him, and he's still managed to, you yeah. know, he's yeah. scored all these goals. Well, it'll be interesting, only because I think one of the things I've, I've said in previous pods is that Mane, if it was just Mane... You'd, you'd, I don't think he'd have been able to have the impact he had last season if, if Mane was alone as the, the pace option because I think teams would just start double trebling up on him. But you can't do that when there's two of them. So I think we all sort of... I think already he's only been here for, what, seven games. I think we already know a few of Salah's little moves, don't we? We know little things he's going to do. You know he's going to get in on that right channel. He's opening up and he's going to find try and go to the far corner. And I would certainly argue that one of the big things I expect to be seeing... Working on is in putting some shots in with his right foot, mm. and his, I think or, that's just for standing on that yeah, right or, foot, or reverting them to the near post because I think Aderson showed the, the rest of the Premier League that that they're already on to a certain element of his game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether he can cope with varying it up, maybe coming inside a bit more, maybe maybe you as, as James he <laughs> doesn't say with any confidence, but using that right foot a little bit, maybe getting to the byline a bit more or things like that. So it's a test for him against a team that's going to be as well-drilled as anyone Liverpool will face in the, in the league this season. You know, we know what type of manager Deitch is. I think he gets um, he, he, he thinks everyone's against him. Sean Deitch, he thinks people don't rate him. But if, if he does listen to this, I, I think he's a really good manager. <laughs> and I think he's got a really, really... Nice voice. Yeah, lovely voice. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. I could go to sleep to that every single night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you like him and you want to go to sleep to him. Yes, yeah. yes. But he's, he's got a team that is brilliantly well-drilled and will always make it hard for any team they play against. Um, kept, kept a clean sheet last week, albeit conceding a few chances against Palace. So I think Liverpool 
Andy says it's got to be patience. I think they've got to score first, first and foremost, because last season, remember what a grind it was when they they, they gave one up after ten minutes to, to, at the cop end. So if Liverpool can score first. I think it could be a, it could be a nice nice afternoon for them to prove a few things. James, do you think Liverpool will get the win? Yeah, but I think it'll be scrappy. Yeah, I think it'll be a, a one nil or a two, a two one. Andy, I'm really not confident about Saturday, and I know and I know a lot of people will be the same, um, but. If there's one game you probably wanted Mane to play, it's against Burnley in terms of how they'll come. Whether Salah will be able, in, in Mane's absence, to be able to provide that something extra, um, I'm not sure. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it being a draw on, on, on Saturday. And um, I just, I, They're just one of those sides that Liverpool don't match up with very well. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I'd love to see an early goal, as Jonesy says, and maybe have a comfortable afternoon. But... Um, I can just I can sense I can sense nervousness in our field already. One good <laughs> thing is Tom Heaton, the goalkeeper, yeah. one of the better goalkeepers in the in the Premier League, is out his knees, done his shoulder in, so they've got a a, a second choice goalie. Yeah. And we all know second choice goalies never come to Anfield and yeah. have good games, do they? Have them? Did, um, never never had Jakubovic or Mark Bourne or any of these people from down the years <laughs> come up and have great games. Schwartz or whatever. Schwartz, exactly. um, didn't didn't John Walters end up at Burnley as well? Yes, he did. yes he's there. There you are then. I think we all know what's going to happen. Hasn't played, yeah. Hasn't, hasn't, hasn't been starting. I bet he does. I bet he does. Have you said that? Chris Wood. He's been doing very well for yeah. them. Yeah. He's good. Two great finishes. Two great finishes. Yeah, yeah, they they were poor. Yeah, Palace. Palace lost that game, I do not know. Yeah. But then, Burnley can't rely on them. Um, 50-yard back passes <laughs> <laughs> every week, although they might get one. Even if you get one, do you think Liverpool are going to win? Or? Yeah, I, I do. I think I think they'll win. I think if I, I, if I was betting, I'd probably go one or two nil. Nil? Yeah, nil, yeah, because that's that's what happens in football, is everyone moans all week about something and then the Saturday comes <laughs> and, and it proves them wrong. Like Arsenal last week, everyone yeah. moaned for two weeks about Arsenal being rubbish and they went and battered Bournemouth because... That's what was always going to happen. So, Lovren Hattrick, then, <laughs> says Neil Jones. Right, and on that bombshell, we shall leave you. Join us next week where we will look back at the Burnley game and ahead to the Carabao Cup, is it? Carabao. Indeed. Cheerio.